The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Hello, everyone. This is the April membership focus call, and our topic tonight is the importance of joining a chapter or affiliate. Um, we do have quite a few people that are members at large, and uh, we want to tell you uh, why it's important to be part of a chapter. And we have um, some different affiliates that are participating. We have uh, Lawrence Carter from North Carolina, and we have Don Worth from Iowa. And I don't know if Julie Brannon or uh, Sarah Calhoun are on yet, but um, which of you two would like to start us off? Well, I'm an L, so I guess I'll go last. <laughs> That was good. Okay, Don. <laughs> this, this is the volunteering by taking one step back and leaving the other guy. That's there. right. <laughs> All right. Um, we have uh, uh, various uh, chapters in Iowa. And uh, artists ask us to talk about why chapters are important. Um, to me, the biggest thing that comes to mind is the regular communications. Um, each of our chapters meet monthly, at least monthly, and then we have uh, other activities going on uh, in, in many months aside from the regular chapter meetings. At the chapter meetings, we have an opportunity for uh, some meet in person, so we get some um, socialization, connection, get to connect with people, um, get information, get updated on them, aside from uh, the official business of the chapter. So there's, uh, that's the big part, is socialization. We also have an uh, at-large cross Iowa meet, a group that meets via Zoom, and uh, we do some socialization within that. A lot of our meetings are revolve around socialization. We'll get the business parts out, uh, updating what's going on with ACB, what's going, what's going on with the state affiliate. Um, and then we usually try to have a time where um, participants have an opportunity to share what's, we have a topic and people are able to share. So we get to know each other a little bit better that way. And it, it's uh, based very much on the, uh, Although it was there beforehand, it's very based very much on the community, uh, ACB community, of having an opportunity to connect. Um, some of the, uh, like the Des Moines chapter, has a number of activities that they uh, sponsor. Um, one big one was uh, they uh, had a food and uh, essentials drive for a uh, homeless shelter in Des Moines where they uh, collected food, they collected that um, and they delivered it there. They also have trips. A uh, recent one was to the Des Moines Art Center where the um, museum, the art center allowed, had a tactile tour just for 
Howard the Des Moines group. Um, and so we have a number of those. And the, when those happen, we send out invitations to most of the people in the state, uh, in the other affiliates, other chapters, to uh, if for some reason they happen to be in Des Moines at that time, they can join that. But uh, we also have uh, ver various calls. Um, we have a book group that meets every couple of weeks. Um, we have a uh, coffee with uh, our previous president on a, you know once a month where we just get together. Again, very much based on the ACB community. But the importance is that if you don't have that chapter to be connected with and you just have the uh, state affiliation, you're going to miss out on some of those communications or you're not going to feel as connected to the chapters and feel inclined to uh, participate and get to know other members uh, a bit more than the superficial um, coming in and sitting in a Zoom room while the president leads the discussion and you get the business thing. So uh, that's, to me, that's the very most important. Um, it was one of the primary reasons that I joined ACB was the opportunity to get to meet and socialize with other blind people. And uh, the uh, chapters allow us to expand that beyond our annual meeting our, uh, so that people can uh, enhance those communications and those connections. And I think that touched on the highlights that I wanted to report on. Great, thank you, Don, I appreciate that. Lawrence, would you like to go next? Well, you know, I probably should have gone first, but I'm glad because <laughs> I, I learned some things myself that I might have to hijack and bring to North Carolina because <laughs> now when I heard this, I was actually thinking about um, when you said members at large, I was thinking members at large to the ACB national, not necessarily members of the state chapter because we have had two people uh, come join the state chapter because they said that uh, ACB National said, you might need to check in to your cha state chapter to see what's going on. And we do meet monthly. Um, well, we do have chapters that meet monthly <clears throat> and we do have <clears throat> an at-large chapter because uh, there are cities that uh, blind and vision impaired persons that are members of our state chapter that are not, uh, they don't have uh, local chapters in those cities. And so they're basically members at large simply because they're in uh, distant cities. And we do meet, and I'm the uh, president of the chapter in Raleigh, North Carolina. We meet every month. We have not, uh, going to in-person meeting because we have a couple of members that still feel that we shouldn't do it. But uh, we are slowly getting into the in-person meetings. And, uh, uh, and, and of course, I do believe that if you are a member of ACB National, you're not necessarily a member of 
the state affiliate of North Carolina Council of the Blind, and you miss out on where if you are a member of the state chapter, you have advantages of when, like we had the legislative seminar there with the funds, and we actually sent three people up, help provide the uh, funds for them to get there. Um, and we have a state convention every year, and because the members in my chapter are members of the state affiliate, and we have fundraisers, uh, we give uh, for every member that wants to go to the state convention, we pay for one night for them to be there. So those are the uh, major reasons, and at least, in, well, not the major ones, but some of the reasons that you should be a part of a state affiliate as well as a chapter if it's a chapter in your city. Thank you, Lawrence. I appreciate that. Um, has Julie or Sarah come on the call? No, ma'am. I'm sorry. I and I called Julie's house and left a message. Okay, no problem. No problem. Um, all I can tell you a little bit about California. Uh, California has, I think, uh, between uh, local chapters and affiliate chapters in California, I think we have 32 of them, and. Um, I always encourage people to belong to a chapter for the same reasons that Don and Lawrence mentioned, because you have a lot more opportunity to find out what's going on in the state. You have opportunities to become um, active in different um, chapters or uh, chap affiliate chapters. And one thing we have in California, we have multiple chapters that uh, meet on Zoom only. And we have some that meet in person only. And so if you belong to, like say you belong to my chapter, for example, Glendale Burbank chapter, it meets in person only, but the greater LA chapter meets on Zoom. So if I don't feel comfortable going in person, I can go to that chapter and go to their Zoom meetings and join that chapter as a second chapter. So we have a mix and so it gives people um, a wider breadth of what chapter they feel comfortable attending. And some of the ones that meet on Zoom then have social events that are in person so that they can have a little bit of both. Our chapter had a bingo um, day yesterday, but any members that wanted to go to that in person, they could go to that. And other chapters have had other events. So belonging to a chapter, you get a lot more chances to be part of it. You can become a member of the local committees and help to make decisions for that chapter or special interest affiliate. You can make recommendations to the state as far as um, for when the state convention occurs, you can help them uh, decide what awards, uh, what members are, are deserving of awards. You can help them determine which bills the state uh, should sponsor in the, uh, the coming months. And if you're part of a chapter, then we have like a liaison to our governmental affairs a committee um, from each chapter has a liaison. And they get an email that tells them about the latest bills and 
what's come up and how far they are and if they have a sponsor, et cetera. And that gets shared with that local affiliate. Whereas if you're a member at large in California, you don't get any of that. And unfortunately, California does not have an at-large um, chapter. And we've talked about maybe doing it, but we haven't <clears throat> done it thus far. So it's if you're just a member of the affiliate, you won't get all those updates. Um, so it's, you know, it really is important to be part of a, a local chapter. And I know there are some ACB members at large that don't belong to an affiliate either. So then they miss out on getting the notifications, getting the newsletter of the state and um, being able to participate in the state convention unless they're on national lists, which might circulate what your state um, convention is doing, but not all of them circulate it on the national list. So if you're part of the state affiliate, then you would be able to um, get all the news of the state, get the newsletter uh, from the states. Uh, some have more frequent newsletters and some have less. Plus a lot of states have email lists. And if your state has an email list, if you're not a member of the state affiliate, then you aren't likely on any of those email lists. Uh, some chapters also have email lists that you can join to either one of your um, um, states, uh, do the chapters have their own email lists or just a state email list? Uh, both. That's Same good. here. Yeah, we have, we have individual email lists for each chapter. Um, I wanted to follow up on something else you said, Artis, um, that, that uh, struck me. Uh, you know, you see it in action, but sometimes you forget about it is the chapters also offer other leadership opportunities. And it's a nice way to, to develop some leadership skills um, without the competition that you might run into to become a state um, leader, state, uh, hold a state office. So it's, it, it creates a nice pipeline um, from the chapter level to the state level and even to the national level. So uh, it, by having those chapters, um, smaller chapters, people might feel a little bit more inclined to put themselves out there or to grab an opportunity to develop uh, some leadership skills that they might not otherwise, as you get into the larger group settings, um, that uh, might uh, disincline you to put your name forward because, oh, I'll never win. There's so many other people and there's so much more. But this gives you an opportunity to develop some of those leadership skills and perhaps move for, move up the uh, uh, ranks through the, as I said, through the state and possibly national. Very and, good and I'd like I'd like to uh, piggyback on the fact that she was talking about how you miss out on the emails on how things are going, just like here in North Carolina, we got that accessible uh, crosswalk signals that they wouldn't know anything about it because they're not necessarily a member. No, that's that's great to point out. And I, I like your statement, Don, about the uh, being coming part of leadership in a local chapter. I don't know how many people realize 
But if you're job hunting, a lot of jobs nowadays, they want you to have some ec- extracurricular activities in your background. So if you can yeah, say you're secretary or vice president or on the board of a local organization, that might help you get one more strike for you in getting a job too. Do either one of you have anything else you wanted to add? Otherwise we'll let the audience ask some questions or make some suggestions. I'm fine with opening it up. (laughs) How about you, Lawrence? (laughs) Uh, I'm I'm ready for the questions. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, if if you're interested in asking a question or making a suggestion, please raise your hand. We have one lady who's had her hand up forever. I think it's going to fall off. Her name is Rosemary (laughs) Rosemary Miller. Oh, wait a minute. Rosemary Miller, go ahead. You can unmute yourself, Rosemary. Do we have anyone else? Either on Zoom, you, Zoom user, whoever you may be, your hand is raised. We'll make you able to talk. Unmute yourself. Hi, I'm sorry. This is Dora Martinez from Reno, Nevada. I'm trying to change my name. Um, great job to everyone. My question is, how do you, um, what are some of your suggestions to get people to become a member and thank you for everything you guys great job now are you talking about becoming a member of the affiliate or of starting a chapter starting a chapter starting a chapter okay uh first of all you would have to check with your state um, organization constitution and find out what they require to start an affiliate to start a chapter I know in California, you need to have 10 members interested. And once you have 10 members, then you can um, get officers of your chapter, put a constitution together, et cetera, which follows the state constitution. And then you can um, ask the state board um, if for a charter to become a chapter. Now, some state affiliates don't require 10 members. They only require five. So it kind of depends on the affiliate, uh, special Mm -hmm. interest affiliate or state affiliate on how many uh, members you have to have to. um, So so my my state requires um, eight, but I guess I should be clear. How do you recruit? Let's say we established all of that uh, paperwork logistics. How do we recruit people? How do you entice people to be wanting to become a member? Okay, Um, there's lots of things you can do. Um, You can go to senior centers. A lot of seniors are losing their vision. You could go to the local um, uh, rehab um, persons and tell them to circulate the fact that you're starting a chapter and ask them to invite some of the blind people 
to join your group or at least give them a phone number they can call about it. Um, there's other um, um, groups um, um, that are likely in your um, state. Alliance clubs a lot of times uh, promote, um, you know, the local blind organizations. Um, so any organization that you have near you where a blind person might go, you might even leave a business cards at ophthalmologists. Um, there's okay. lots of different places or low vision clinics, um, like uh, your hospitals, if they have a low vision clinic, um, different things like that. Another suggestion um, is, oh. Go ahead, Don, I'll let you. Thank you, Lawrence. Um, another suggestion is that if you're looking to, to start a new chapter, what's the basis for it? What is it? Is it going to be a regional chapel uh, chapter? Is it going to be uh, a special interest chapter? And then circulate information around, among the other uh, members, ACB members within your state to get that critical mass to start the, the momentum. Um, you find people who are already committed to ACB who might now be com be committed to your chapter goals. We started our Across Iowa chapter um, maybe six, seven years ago. The members that first started it were already uh, Iowa Council United Blind members, the state affiliate. But we felt like we weren't getting as much activity because we were spread around the state. So we started contacting people who either did not have a chapter affiliation or might have joined another chapter just to be in a chapter. And from that, we got the, that critical mass to get things started. Then we spread, uh, spread the news and expanded and started drawing on some of those things that artists mentioned to get the word out some more. But I think if you, you find that critical mass of like-minded people, um, to get that that first step that you know the in, if it's eight people in your state if you get those first eight from within already committed ACB members then you've got a much better chance of growing it and expanding it. Okay. One more thing you can do is contact uh, Sharon Lovering because she can tell you if there's any Braille Forum readers in your area and they might be interested in joining a chapter in your area. And okay, then we're gonna, we have, I hear that Julie is here now. Yes, so and we have Julie, somebody from Clubhouse that, want, that wants to talk too. Okay, sure. Well, why don't we let Julie Brannon go first and okay, share you guys. her ideas. Yes. Hello, yes, we can hear you fine. And share your ideas on why it's important to belong to a chapter. Oh, good. I apologize. I wrote down the wrong day. Ah, I wrote down Monday for this. So huge apologies. Thanks for John <laughs> texting me saying you're not on the call. Um, I think chapter membership is extremely important. Of course, not every locale has a chapter. We have 16 chapters in Washington State and a couple of special interest affiliates but not everybody lives near one. But if you live near a chapter, we truly encourage people to join because you're going to get to know people in your locale. Usually the chapters 
are locally oriented. You're going to be able to do political activity within your locale. You're going to learn more about the culture of your area. And mainly you just plain get to know people and get to work together. When chapters are meeting in person, it, you know, for COVID people were meeting on Zoom, but now that they're meeting in person again, it's a wonderful connection time and period. It's also a very good way to develop your leadership skills. I know me personally, my first leadership in, in WCB came at chapter level at, you know, secretary, president, vice president. And that happens often for many people at the chapter level. So if you have a chapter in your area, if a person does, we very much encourage them to join their local chapter. Thank you, Julie. <clears throat> okay, so we take the, the clubhouse members uh, question. Yes, in Clubhouse, we have Jeanette. Jeanette, you may unmute. Okay, Jeanette, we are waiting to hear from you. In the meantime, uh, maybe we should go back to Zoom to see if there are questions. Okay, I'll take one and then I'll hand it back to you. Does that sound Thank fair? Thank you. Sounds great. Okay. Melissa Hudson, go ahead, my dear. Thank you. Can you guys hear me? <clears throat> Perfect. Yes. Awesome. Okay. Um, hello to Julie, my good friend, and um, to the other people. It's very nice to meet you. I also live in Washington State. Um, but I, I was a member of one of the biggest chapters in Seattle, um, United Blind of Seattle, for many years. Um, I served as secretary for four years. Um, and boy, that was an exhausting job. Um, and then I served, <laughs> I served as vice president, I believe, for one year um, when Daryl Roberts was president of our chapter. And the reason why I bring that up is because um, I am currently looking for work. And I do, you know, artist, you were talking earlier before Julie came in about um, how, you know, jobs are looking for different volunteer opportunities or ways that you, that you can serve like an organization or someplace so that you can have it on your resume. I do have on my resume that I did serve as vice president and secretary, and I cannot tell you how invaluable that is to have on a resume because I was just interviewed for a job last Tuesday um, and they saw that on my resume, of course, I did not get the job, unfortunately, but they saw that and they were really impressed that I was able to do a lot of good work for the blind community. Unfortunately, I have had to just strictly be a member at large. I'm no longer a member of UBS. Uh, and there are some reasons for that that I won't go into. But when I did join and when I was involved, it was an amazing experience and it I was I was able to grow in my leadership um, and I'm going to brag on my friend Julie and just say that she was the president of that chapter when I joined and uh, that was amazing and she really taught me a lot about leadership and about mentoring and about some other things so I would just say it's really invaluable and it's just a lot it's a heck of a lot of fun and, and when I went to my first national convention um, I got to know more people in my chapter than I would at a meeting. And that was, that was quite fun. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but thank you very much for letting me share. And um, this is a great discussion. Thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, okay, Chanel. 
Okay, Jeanette, are you able to unmute and join us now? Yes. Thank you. Thank you for your patience, Chanel. Uh, this one-handed stuff has got to go. Uh, anyway, um, I'm a bit curious about um, something that I'm seeing in the chapter that I belong to. Uh, we have a good um, crew of people who are currently leading, and because we're a new chapter, we will all term out. And what I'm seeing is reticence on the part of other members to assume leadership positions. So my question is, as leaders in other chapters, what kinds of advice would you give someone like me to pass on that would be encouraging to assist other people in considering leadership positions? Well, let me tell you what I've done in my chapter. Um, it seems nobody wanted to be the president. And I was sitting there saying, well, okay, I'll do it. So what I did was I selected a person to be the vice president. And then I said, now, this is a teaching moment. So all you have to do is listen to how I do it. <coughs> and then what I did do was on purpose, I said, oh, I have to step out right now and, and I'm going to have my vice president take over. And because um, she had said, okay, I can do these things, and I gave her the opportunity to do it. So if you have one that will stand up and say, I'll help, then you let them do something instead of just be the sitting by listening. And as you get to know the people within your chapter, you figure out some of their strengths and you don't put them where they're uncomfortable and let them, cause you got some people that like numbers. So that person, Oh, that's the treasurer. And you groom them to be that way, but you, you generally aid them along until they actually finally say, I'm already doing it. So, Hey, let's do this. Well, another thing you can do is start them out a little slower. You might ask them to be on a committee for the chapter. If you have yep. a membership committee or if you have a social committee that does uh, sets up events for you to go visit, or if you have a fundraising committee, you might ask them to help with the fundraising committee. And some chapters have a phone committee where they call the members to remind them about the meetings or remind them of other events that are happening. And if you ask them to be on one of those committees, that's a little bit lower level and they might yep. feel more comfortable doing something like that versus being an officer of the chapter. Of course, that depends on the size of the chapter too. Um, yeah. Some chapters but, might not be as, as um, hard to get them talked into being 
on the board. <laughs> yeah, and it, and it is a smaller chapter, and that's part of the reason I'm looking for. Yeah, and that's that's where you get to know the strength of the strength of the uh, members that you have. Once you know where their strength lie, then you can sort of work with them. And people like doing certain things, and if they like doing those certain things, and you have that within your chapter, yeah, so let them do that. Well, you've given me some ideas for my next meeting, so this is great. Thank you. Okay, I have one more call over here that I'm going to take, and if, it, if she doesn't answer, I'll call. I'll go to you, Chanel. Uh, um, Rosemary Miller, please let me <laughs> talk to us. Rosemary Miller. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to she remove your permission to talk. Maybe you can come back at, at a later time. Yeah, sometimes okay, it's hard go to go ahead. Um, <laughs> Actually, go ahead, we don't uh, have Chanel. anyone. We it was just Jeanette, so we're good over here. Okay, great. Oh, we got more hands. Great. Who's next? Just a second. Eugene, go ahead, my dear. Can you hear me? Yes, yes. perfect. Good, good. I want to address the uh, one lady that was talking about trying to start a new uh, chapter in the local state. Um, they need to consider a few things about one is it going to be an in-person uh, group that meets or a person group that meets via Zoom? Two, if it's an in-person group, how is their transportation in their local area? Will people have difficulties trying to get to meetings? And another good one is the where you're going to hold your meetings. Like we have a 6,000-foot square area that we use uh, from Mug Sports Bar Grill where we do our meetings every month. And... Uh, it works out. Those are some things you need to take in consideration, though, when, you, when you're going to start a chapter. Very good, Jean. In fact, in fact, it might be wise to start at first as a Zoom meeting, because um, if you want to have an in-person meeting, it's hard to find a place that'll take less than 20 people um, for if you want to meet, unless you uh, um, have a private uh, like somebody has a condo with a private room or something that they can use. It's sometimes hard to find a, a restaurant or other public setting where they'll allow you to come in without a minimum yeah, number. Yeah, we were fortunate to find this place and uh, they, they let us come in every once a month on Saturday to do our meetings. And they don't charge us anything for the use of the room. That's great. That's great. A lot of restaurants will let you, but uh, notice since COVID, there's not as many restaurants that have a, a back room uh, for meeting. So it's, uh, it doesn't seem like it's quite as easy to find a room as it used to be. All right, this well, is now. Julie. Whoops. Go, Go ahead, Julie. Oh, I was just going to say, starting a new chapter, because we've done that here, of course, in Washington State. One thing we found for that chapter to be successful is you, you might have someone just say, I'm interested in doing it, but you need to make sure you have 
a person who's going to go the extra mile and be a strong leader or the chapter doesn't develop. Another thing we found is the state has, as best they can, get involved and has someone from the state, maybe a board member officer, go to that locale if they can and help that locale start a chapter. But it really does take, again, not only just an interest, but someone to take the lead. Definitely. Now, In fact, usually more what than I was, one person. <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, what I was going to state there as far as a location, at least here in North Carolina, um, in Raleigh, the library will allow you to have, they have like meeting rooms in our libraries. And as long as you sign up that month before, they will allow you to use that room. And sometimes it'll hold up to 20 people and sometimes it'll hold up to 10. And they don't limit you on how many you have to have. So you might want to check your local libraries. Another uh, another opportunity is uh, churches. Yes. If a member is uh, affiliated with a church, many churches have meeting rooms that would be av- that they make available to their uh, church members who can bring in non-church members for uh, an organizational meeting. So that's another uh, opportunity to check into. Okay, Both we don't have absence. any more hands at this time, but I wish we did. Please raise your hands. <laughs> <laughs> Julie, does um, uh, Washington doesn't have an at-large chapter right now, correct? That is correct, but we're developing or working on developing a, a members at-large affiliate. Our two other special interest affiliates are WCB Diabetics and Guide Dog Users of Washington State. So we've been working for a couple of years on the members at large affiliate. Um, you know, they've been meeting and having meetings because we, we say we need at least 10 people to start an affiliate, 10 people are willing to join. We recommend 12 because oftentimes when those 10 are there and someone drops out, someone gets sick, whatever. So I think we're, we've been making individual calls of members at large just this last week. And I think we have enough people that have said via the phone calls that they're interested. So I think we're going to possibly move forward on that. Our membership committee is working on that. Thank you. No, I think that's a good, I think that's a good thing to do because most of our states have a lot of rural people or people who live in two smaller towns that they can't get enough uh, blind people that can make a chapter. Exactly. Right. And transportation, too, has gone down over the years. It's not near as good as it used to be. Right. And so consequently, just getting to a chapter near, um, you know, in a different town is pretty much impossible unless you get a driver that's willing to pick up people. And sometimes you can talk to your local Lions clubs and sometimes they will be willing to help you with transportation. But it depends where you are in the city and the Lions Club because they're all different. No more hands, please guys, raise your hands. This is a great opportunity to learn something. Okay, Chanel. Okay, I was fighting in person the stage and let's see here. Um, We are still waiting for Paul Moorline. So I just, um, oh, and let's see. 
There we go, Paul. You may unmute and ask your question. Unmute is the lower right-hand corner. Okay. There you, you go. We can Good hear you. Evening. Good evening, and thank you for letting me join the session. Uh, I am in Connecticut and a member of the state affiliate. Uh, we are growing. We're very small at the present time. In the last meeting, there was discussion about how we would meet. Right now, we are meeting on a phone conversation line. And I came up, uh, for example, like Zoom. 40 are you with me? Yes. Yes. We're fine. Okay. okay. And some members were concerned about the cost of uh, Zoom. I have no idea what it costs to use Zoom for the purpose of having a monthly meeting. Is there like a monthly charge for Zoom? Could you share that with me? Uh, there's a monthly charge or an annual charge. The annual is cheaper. That's It's 150 for one year. Once in a while, they have a deal going where you can get it cheaper than that. Um, but if you do it monthly, I believe it's $15 a month, so it would be higher um, than if you paid an annual fee. But sometimes you can find uh, one member that does have a Zoom account and ask them if you can use their Zoom account because it doesn't cost them any more to, you know, hold a Zoom meeting for you than it would be for you know, on their own account already. The other option is you can do the free room, but then you can only have a 40 minute meeting. So it's pretty limiting if you're, uh, um, if you don't have a Zoom account. You also could check with your local, um, you know, local, other local organizations if you could use a Zoom account if you belong to uh, another organization. Uh, ask them if you can use their account. I know our so, condo association where I reside has a Zoom account. I, I don't know if they would allow us to do that. I could ask uh, one of the uh, board members if that's possible. Um, okay, that's valuable information. I appreciate that. I just wanted to ask one more question or just run something by you folks about attracting membership. Um, I noticed like when I go out, I'm not a big uh, social media guy. I use it once a week to listen to my religious service. But I was out there today, and after I was done, I put a, a search in uh, in the search field on Facebook. I put in the word blind, and I noticed a number of different organizations came up. Um, what would you guys, your opinion be about that as a means for attracting potential members. Great. Yeah, no, it's a good idea. Uh, I know quite a few special interest affiliates do it, and uh, some state affiliates do it. I know California, uh, our state affiliate has a Facebook page, although it doesn't get used a whole lot. Um, it really requires somebody to be um, you know, fairly active, have somebody that can post once a week or at least every couple of weeks or so to keep it active, to keep you out there. 
Okay. And in addition, I think you need to be monitoring it because you don't want someone sending you a question and wait for two or three weeks to get a response. So it has to be something that has to, someone has to be willing to maintain it and respond to inquiries in there. It's uh, you're, you're better off not to have one at all if you don't have someone who is assigned to monitor and reply as interest comes in. I noticed on one of the organizations, they had a phone number for people to call if they had any interest in perhaps joining that particular organization. That's a smart idea. If you have a, um, a state number or a member is willing to have their phone number up there, you know, that's, that's a, a good idea. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate you giving me the time to uh, speak. No problem. Okay. No hands at this time. Okay. Do any of you have any further ideas on um, the importance of a chapter? I know we've talked a little bit about how important it is to get people involved, whether it's on committee or just um, helping out in some way, and how that makes you feel more part of the chapter. And I think it's important for your board to really think about the people in your chapter. And if you know someone that comes regularly but hasn't really volunteered for anything, you might stop and ask them if they'd like to be part of it. Because not everybody feels comfortable volunteering. You might ask for volunteers, and if nobody signs up, well, then it's important to just contact people and say, hey, what would you like to do for our chapter? Oh, Chanel just put her hand up, so we must yep. have somebody from. We do, Jeanette. Hand lowered. So um, nobody's mentioned um, free conference call. And that is a way that groups can get a number and use that um, as well if they cannot get a Zoom account. Um, I had a number for a while. I don't use it anymore, so I don't know how they currently do it. But I know that you can go on their website and you can apply for a number and you know, uh, give it out to your group if your group decides they want to go that route if a Zoom account is not an option. Very good point. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Actually, I have a free conference call, and they've gotten better in that they have a feature now that can mute everybody at one time, and they even have a feature where they can mute everybody at one time and they still have the power to do a star six, uh, star six to unmute themselves to speak. So I, yeah, free comp and, but it only costs like $3 a month. So it's pretty good. And you can record your sessions. And there are several free conference call systems. There's, <clears throat> A free conference pro there's just um a free One conference called and there's yeah. freeconference.com there's several of them and some of them are still free 
but unfortunately yep. some of the ones that are are free some um of your uh telephone companies will block you from doing it and so you have to um you know check and see what works try one and then see if it works for most of your members and uh, go from there but it's definitely cheaper than you know zoom if you uh, don't if your group doesn't want to you know pay the annual fee artists am i supposed to let you know that it's 50 after the hour please that's and that's what it is right now yes ma'am okay thank <laughs> you appreciate that do any of your chapters use free conference call or a free conference system I, I do own my local chapter, and I, it's called One Call, and it's a telephone number without any codes because we got a few people that don't fit in on Zoom well or don't fit in with adding all these codes. So it's just like an area code and the other numbers. So. And you still have the ability to mute the people and you have the ability to record your meetings. And like I said, it's only $3 a month. Well, that's great. That's great. And that would be a real asset to some chapters. I know one of the reasons our chapter went to in-person is we do have some older people who were, have, were struggling with all the extra codes yeah. and, they didn't, and they didn't have smartphones to be able to do zoom and right. so for those you know free conference call would be great and if you have one that you don't need all the passcodes that's even better for some elderly people who just can't remember all the numbers okay we have two hands up and the first one is amanda go ahead amanda hello hello go ahead. Hey. And I just want to say um, thank you for all this. And um, in Georgia, we do all of the above. We have phone calls. We have Zoom calls. We meet in person. Um, we have chapters all over the state. We have a very small, um, at-large uh, people that meet on the phone. And um, I just uh, thank you for this information and all everybody's input. And what thank state you. are you from? What state are you from? Georgia. 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 Yeah. Georgia. Okay. And um, then we have Chanel with a, a clubhouse person. Yes. Paul is back again. Okay. Are you, am I with you? Yes. Yes, you are. Okay. Good. I'm getting used to this. All right. Um, yeah, to clarify what I had said earlier, yes, we are using the conference call system. And uh, the discussion came up because we're, we're getting more people involved. That's why we were talking about uh, using another medium, perhaps. Now, let me ask a question. Aren't you able to call in to Zoom through the phone? You don't necessarily have to have a smartphone, correct? Yeah, you can use a regular phone. Yeah, okay. you can use a regular phone. Uh, the when you have a regular phone, you do have to put in the um, pass or the ID 
and ID, some of yeah. them and some of them require a ID and a passcode. It depends on how it, the Zoom is set up. So it does, you know, you have to put more numbers in. Um, but uh, other than that, yeah, you can use a smartphone. The nicest thing about the smartphone is you can just click on the the website, you know, HTTP, and it brings you into the call, and you don't have to put all the extra codes in. And that's right. the advantage of the smartphone. But you can use a regular phone, sure. Okay, yeah, because I did use the my iPhone. I've used my iPhone for getting into our condo association meetings, but I've never used the regular phone. So that's why I wanted to clarify that as well. Sure, Sorry. no problem. One of the no problems problem. with dialing, dialing into Zoom is that sometimes it disconnects if you don't get the numbers tapped in fast enough. Yep. And so with, with a, uh, you know, iPhone, if you're swiping around to get to the numbers, you may get disconnected because you're not inputting the numbers fast enough. So they just keep that in mind as you think oh. about the use of that. Yeah, that could be a problem. I can understand that. Okay. Thank you. Right. And I have noticed that some people say that they have more of a problem um, raising their hand on a regular phone versus the smartphone. Um, and I don't know if that's still the case, but I heard that a while back. Some people were having issues with that. I've never had an issue with that. It's star nine or star six. Good, good, yeah. good. <clears throat> and no I think hands keeps getting, getting better too. I think they keep improving oh, it. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. No more hands? No ma'am. Okay. Well, I want to thank you all for being on tonight's call. And I want to give you some information about some upcoming calls. On May 28th, our, our regular membership focus evening, we're going to have a call on accessing the National Convention. And Janet Dickelman is going to be on telling you all the ways you can be part of the ACB Convention. And she's also gonna highlight some of the sessions that are gonna be at the ACB convention. And then in June, on June 15, the second Thursday night of the month, and that call will be at 7.30 Eastern. So a little early, um, uh, earlier than the Sunday night calls are always at nine o'clock Eastern. So there'll be a second one, which will be on the same topic, but she'll might be covering some different events. It's, so that's happening in May and in June. And then in July, the ACB membership committee uh, will have um, um, in, um, well, I think it's June 24th, we'll have um, keys to the convention for first timers that'll talk about the virtual convention options. And then on July 1st, in person, there's going to be a keys to the convention for first-timers to tell them how to take advantage of all the options of the National Convention in person. And then on July 5th, we're gonna have a membership seminar. And that topic is gonna to be the benefits of partnering with other organizations to spur membership growth. So I always invite everyone to participate in any events that they might want to participate in. And thank you again for our panel members. And thank you for Chanel and thank you for um, 
the host, and I, your name slipped my mind. <laughs> it's Holly. That's okay. Holly. Okay. <laughs> thank you, Holly. So thank you all and have a pleasant evening.